Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, Alex fixed it. Alex fixed it, everybody. News Radio 700. WLW. Mike Allen Jr. Sunday night. I've been wanting... That my little intro song to start at that spot for like three years. Things things move at, at breakneck speed here at seven hundred WLW folks. How's it going, everybody? Mike Allen Jr. Sunday night. I am sorry I was just abruptly missing last week. Uh you might still be able to hear some of the remnants of it. Whatever was going around last week, the week before, it laid me out for a week. Like an entire week. I, I just started getting right. Maybe Friday this week. It was it was sick, and then I just I think it just morphed into this hellacious um, sinus infection. So everybody, be well out there. You know, take care of yourself. Get your nutrients. Get your sleep. Because my God, it was bad. But anyway, tonight, uh, wow, Ukraine's in shambles. Um, that slow advance on Kiev kind of lurches forward. We're now courting Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela for oil. And we're also also asking Iran for oil while they're shooting missiles at our at our consulate in Iraq. You can't make it up. But some really hilarious stuff actually happened this week, too. So I figured we could use a few laughs. Um, we're going to talk about some, I guess the whole theme of the show really is, is unserious people doing unserious things. Um, and then we can also, you know, summarily have a laugh at them. Uh and then in a semi-serious way, try and figure out why they do the stupid stuff they do. Uh, unserious things like our city council tackling the big issues like kids drinking soda. Uh, we're going to have Jason Williams on um, Politics Extra. Columnist at the Cincinnati Enquirer, he called BS on this one this week. And wouldn't you know it, like two days after he called BS on it, um, that, that whole piece of legislation or proposed piece of legislation was withdrawn. Uh, and everyone knows how much I like memes. Could could someone please make the one of the person like laying in bed there, you know, with their head on their pillow, struggling struggling to sleep, and just like the little bubble coming from Greg Landsman's head brain with like a Sprite bottle in it, <laughs> like oh man, guys, kids drinking Coke and and Sprite, just I I can't take it. I, something's got to be done. Um, don't worry about the rising gun violence, folks. We'll, we'll win the war on Sprite. Uh, also. Um, the proud people of Delhi are not very happy. Um, if you've been living under a rock, you probably haven't heard, but the Delhi skirt game has been heaved into the fray of, of our discussion and political correctness. And this, this whole idea of, of, you know, this ritualistic suicide where people try to cancel themselves before they can be canceled. Um, but the first being our favorite convicted felon and activist, Jussie Smollett. He was sentenced for his legendary staging and faking of a hate crime uh, this past week. As you may recall, 
The media and pop culture icons such as as Joy Behar and Robin Roberts of Good Morning America said this guy was the modern-day Rosa Parks. He was sentenced this week to 150 days in jail, uh, three years probation for, for faking that hate crime and then lying to the police about it and lying to America about it. And you may recall... About a year ago, maybe, um, maybe more. God, things move quick. But before he was actually charged, some type of deal was worked out and kind of brokered, allegedly, uh, by Michelle Obama with the, the district attorney in Chicago, Kim Fox, to, to basically let him do some community service to avoid any charges. Um, and this pissed a lot of people off, and then he was finally charged. And in a stunning twist... He's actually going to share a a cell with his own attacker. Every morning, Jussie Smollett's going to have to wake up with his attacker in jail, which is just it just that's that's just cruel and unusual punishment, folks. Um, God, I hope everyone got that joke. Now, first of all, and I've said this time and time again, and I've said it on this show. I've said it as a legal analyst for for Rocky and Eddie. The few times they've had me on to talk about this, if you believed from the beginning that Jussie Smollett was assaulted by two. MAGA hat wearing Trump supporters um, when it actually happened. I'm sorry, but you're a moron. I mean, I'm, I, if you believed this from go, there's something wrong with you. But let's let's just recall what happened here. So it's 2 a.m. in the middle of what they call that bomb cyclone where it's, you know, freezing. I mean, we're talking like negative 10 degree wind chill. Josie Smollett says, hey, I'm hungry. I'm going to go to Subway. And, and, and two, you know, what he described as white males attacked him. Uh, poured bleach on him, used some racial slurs like the N-word and um, the word to describe gay men, I guess, that it, it starts with an F. It's it's stunning, it's disgusting, it's infuriating, but it was, it was also total BS. And here's why you should have known this was a total hoax from, from Go. Not that it was minus 10 degrees, not that it was on video, not that he wouldn't let the cops go through his phone, not that he claimed Trump supporters assaulted him in one of the most anti-Trump outposts this side of the Mississippi. I mean, put all of that aside. It's that so many people seemed to enjoy this. You know, it, it's that so many people seem to want this to be true. You know, that's how you knew before any of the facts came out that this was BS. And, of course, we knew before his trial started that this was a hoax. And we got some answers as to how he did it. But we, we really didn't understand why he did it. And, you know, the sentencing judge in this case had some thoughts on that. And this this clip's a little long, but but I think it's important. Chip, can you play that first one? Frankly, I do not believe that you did it for the money. You were making, the evidence showed, close to $2 million a year when this happened. I don't think money motivated you at all. But the only thing I can find is that you really craved the attention and you wanted to get the attention and you were so invested in issues of social justice and you knew that this was a sore spot for everybody in this country. You knew this was a country that was slowly trying to heal uh, past injustices and current injustices and trying to make a better future for each other. And it was a hard road and you took some scabs off some healing wounds and you ripped them apart for one reason. You wanted to make yourself more famous and for a while it worked. Everybody was talking about you. The lights were on you. You were actually 
throwing a national pity party for yourself. And why would you do such a thing? Why would you, I, I understand, you crave the attention so much, but why would you betray something like social justice issues, which you care so much about? And the only thing I could conclude is that, is, and I acknowledge, there are wonderful sides to you. They're, they're very giving and charitable and loving sides to you. But you have another side of you that is profoundly arrogant and self, selfish and narcissistic. Now, that was the sentencing judge um, before he gave Josie Smollett 150 days in jail, three years probation, et cetera. And he, he listed, you know, all of these reasons. And I think that they're all good theories, honestly, um, because he's arrogant, because he's a narcissist, because he wanted attention. Those are all valid. I mean, he really hit hit the nail on the head. But the thing that stuck out to me the most, and that's what enrages me, that's what just incensed me about this, is the things he said about the scabs. Right. If you can recall when this was all going on, we'd watch George Floyd, I'll just say it, be murdered, you know, right in, in broad daylight. You know, this slow, terrible death. Breonna Taylor got shot up in that that botched no knock warrant. It was just. It was bad. And we were having this sort of national reckoning. And he just, as all charlatans do, tried to take advantage of it. But I think he missed, when I say he, I mean the, the sentencing judge of Jussie Smollett, he missed the real important one. And it's it's because society has incentivized this. You know, never has a case or situation that I've seen at least shown a light on how patently destructive and unhealthy our racial dynamics are in America. And I'm not talking about racism. I mean our dynamics between between each other. As the judge noted, when this all happened, we were going through a lot. And he took advantage of it to forward his own career. And, and we heard from the entire Democratic establishment in the media and everyone and how brave he was. It didn't matter, you know, that uh, literally an hour after this happened, people had serious and now we know legitimate questions as to the truth of this whole thing. I mean, look look at how the, the top of the apparatus, we'll call it, you know, including, you know, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Um, the media, et cetera, how they're all perfectly fine with having having been so stunningly um, had, you know, how, how stupidly wrong they were in their public defense of this guy. And there's a reason they did it, and it's because the left demands that you side with narrative. Like, even at the expense of seeming like a total moron, like I said at the beginning of this, this little speech I've been going on, You'd have to be a complete moron to have believed that this actually happened. Uh, they know that they have to go with the narrative, even at the expense of seeming like a complete idiot. And and why would they care? I mean, did anyone hear any journalist, journalist ask either one of them, and I mean Kamala Harris or Joe Biden, if they had any reaction to the sentencing? They say this stuff knowing that they are wrong because they know they won't be held accountable. And that's partly why I loathe Jussie Smollett, yeah, the way I loathe people like Al Sharpton, because they take these very painful, very serious scabs that, 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 the judge was, that the judge was talking about, these very real problems we have as a country, and they exacerbate them, they inflame them, and then they watch the destruction that they cause only to further themselves. 
You know, and I thought about whether or not I should say this, but I'm going to. Jussie Smollett spit on the grave of Matthew Shepard. He did. You may recall Matthew Shepard was brutally beaten and killed in the 90s for being gay. Jussie Smollett spit on the grave of Emmett Till. He deserves every single thing that comes to him. The judge said it was obvious that Mr. Smollett cared about social justice. That couldn't be further from the truth. That might have been the only thing he said that I disagreed with. Jesse Smollett doesn't give one bleep about justice. How do we know that? Well, for starters, it was absurd from the beginning. Nobody believed it, but this is for laughs. Let's play this out if it would have worked. He would have let an innocent man or men actually go to prison for 20 years for a hate crime only to further his 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 social justice street credibility hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Play that out. Like, what if this actually would have worked? Like, imagine if some random guy that fit that description that night, you know, some innocent guy or guys, it's just they're just picked up off the street. The media would have absolutely eviscerated him. And and at that point, because the, the allegations were so ugly and disgusting, pouring bleach on someone, putting a noose around a black man's neck, it wouldn't have mattered what the facts were. And if you don't believe me, and I'm sorry, but see Kyle Rittenhouse. The facts didn't matter then. And, and imagine the trial, like the charade. We saw we saw Mr. Smollett get on the stand in his trial. We saw the fake tears. We heard him lie for literally hours on the stand about this fake attack. And we heard him lecture, and I went nuts about this on Rocky and Eddie because it just made me so angry. We heard him lecture the prosecutor about his, about his use of the N-word during cross-examination. Like... From a guy who faked a hate crime, how jaw-droppingly narcissistic is this? But think about it. We would have seen that same charade, but with an innocent person at the defense table. He, he would have cried and lied and taken his place as another victim king. A, a gay African-American man staring down his attacker in court, telling his truth. You know, you can almost hear Robin Roberts of Good Morning America encouraging him in the background. Let's just say this. If Jussie Smollett would have gotten his way, he would have let an innocent man just or men rot in prison. 
I got to cross out what I really wrote here, but Jussie Smollett doesn't give a about justice. But instead, after he was sentenced for lying to America and the Chicago police, this is what we got. Chip, can you play that second? I am not suicidal. I am not suicidal. And I am innocent. I could have said that I was guilty a long time ago. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, literally to the bitter end. To the bitter end. And why is he yelling, I'm not suicidal? So... So if something happens to him in jail, he can he can maybe make up another crime. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if he did something to himself because that's the only way out for him at this point. Rather than just let the truth hit you like a train and absorb it and move on, this is what narcissists do. You know, so I guess we shouldn't ask why he did this. Maybe we should ask why he thought he would be able to do this. Well, here's partly why. Chip, can you play that other one? That's them. Never did. That's the first time he's given a detailed account, an account that Chicago police have said has been consistent. He hasn't changed his story. They also said it's credible. Police have said that, and also that he has been very cooperative. A lot of questions have been raised as well. Oh, absolutely. A lot of questions, especially about the timing of the 911 call, about the phone, the phone records, and Jesse addresses all of that. And we'll have much more of that coming up in a so what you just heard was Robin Roberts of Good Morning America running cover for him. He didn't address any of that in that interview. None of it. Here's why. That, this is why. What you just heard is why he lied. It's also worth noting that Robin Roberts was mysteriously missing for two days from Good Morning America after the sentencing. I wonder why. Folks, it, it's really this simple. We've incentivized being a victim which is incredibly unhealthy for, for the racial dynamic in this country and just unhealthy for all of us in this country. Why would Jussie Smollett do what he did? Why would Rachel Dolezal pretend to be black? Why would that crazy white lady, that Sherry Papini out in California, stage her own kidnapping? It's because somehow they will be better off for it. People like Robin Robbins will... will Robin Roberts will call them brave. Kamal Harris will call them civil rights icons. Why are we reinforcing this as a society? Like all of the things you could aspire to be, why would you want to be a victim? Because if you can get away with it, it's pretty lucrative. You know, I had this scenario I played out a minute ago, the one where Jesse actually gets someone arrested and charged and convicted for this. He would have signed a book deal. He would have been in a, every A-list film. And what's worse about this, nobody's recanted their support for him. At least nobody high profile. In a normal society, people would have jumped up to say, hey, I was wrong about this. This guy, what he did was really disgusting. We've all been fooled. And the reason they don't is because newsflash, they don't care. Because nothing matters anymore except narratives and political theater. Anyway, that's what I think. I want to know what you think. 749-7000, the big one. Got a good show coming up for you folks. Like I said, we'll be talking to um, to Jason Williams after the 7 o'clock news about the, the hard-hitting soda ban that was proposed, then retracted. Um, after that, we'll be ta- talking to Patrick Reagan about redistricting, all, the, all of the um, primaries coming up. It's going to be a packed show, but until then, I want to hear from you. 749-7000, 1-800, the big one. 
I'm Mike Allen Jr. on News Radio 700 WLW. Paid by Uplevel Rewards. Hey, where did you get all that cash in your cash app? You mean this $750 that's in my cash app right now? Yes, that's $750. Hmm. News Radio 700 WLW. I am not suicidal. I am not suicidal. <laughs> I am not suicidal. And I- <laughs> I'm innocent. I- oh, yeah. He's innocent. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. I just, I've waited so long to just openly laugh at that man. Like, I've, because it's like, I remember getting up that morning and the second I saw him, went, this is all BS. Dude, he's a clown. Yeah, he's an absolute joke. You're absolutely right of that. Right about that. But let's, we're going to take some calls. Um, 749 the big one. Sorry, I got to get it together, people. Um, Chuck, Mike, Linda, everybody else. I just want to go through this. Just for laughs, let's do this little exercise. I think all the media faux pas, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last few years, <clears throat> the people they've canonized as saints and savior, you know, and the people they've totally villainized, where are they now? We'll, we'll just go through a few of these. Michael Avenatti, <laughs> the guy everyone said was going to be president, is in jail. <laughs> Nick Sandman, the uh, that evil underage kid that the media set on fire for committing the heinous act of criminal standing and aggravated smiling. Well, he's a multimillionaire now. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, as stupid as his decision was, he's a free man. Free man. And the Russia collusion debacle is on fire and is starting to unravel. And, um, yeah, CNN's basically being just being sold for parts. Oh. What was that line from Full Metal Jacket? These are great days we're living in, bros. Anyway, let's let's go to the phones. Let's take some calls here. Hey, Chuck in Florence, you're on the big one, man. What's going on? You want to talk about Juicy Smollett? Oh, yeah, Juicy. Yeah, Juicy. Uh, <laughs> juicy. I, I, I agree with everything you say. I'm a Cincinnati boy. Yeah. Uh, I worked in Chicago. Went to Chicago for boot camp and served in the Middle East. And oh, Wow. Thank you for that. Worked at Soldier Field Renovation. Wow, that had to be cool, the, man. Yeah, Bengals, Broncos, Packers, Bears, Eagles, yeah. all the stadium. Cool. Uh, also, O'Hare Airport for four years from 2017 to 2020. Right. So and, you know a little uh, bit about we, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I was on the North Loop night when it was minus 19 day temp. Right. And uh, I know that that night was so cold, there wasn't anybody out, not even the bums. And to hear the story the next morning, you could not find two white boys in Chicago with an arrest warrant with mega hats. Yeah. There ain't no way. I mean, it's like, there ain't no way. Chuck, it's like if I decided, like, because I go to Chicago a lot, man. I love it. I go to Wrigley Field. You know, I, I hate New York. I love Chicago. But but I just, it's like, it's like I got an idea. I want to wake up today and I want to get the living bleep beat out of me. How do I do that? Well, I'm going to throw on a MAGA hat <laughs> and then I'm going to go walking around. It's like. How preposterous! That it was so preposterous. There, there, I, and, and it's a shame because you know, in theory, you should be able to walk around whether you have a Trump shirt. Right. Uh, there could be no political, you know, persecution. If I had an Obama hat on in Alabama, I should not get any no. kind of violence against me. Absolutely. And it was such a ridiculous story. And I was out that night in the North Loop whichever bars were open. Right. And I just called it like you did. It was just foolishness and ridiculousness, and uh, Juicy was full of it. 
Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, Chuck. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I I don't like to insult people's intelligence, and I, I but I also when somebody makes a claim, it's it's a like it's kind of like you know when when a a woman makes a false claim of sexual assault or something. It's like you don't play with that kind of stuff, man. Like you can't. That stuff's too serious. It's too hurtful. It, it's too important, you know, to to play with like that. And I just, 150 days is not enough. It's just, it's not enough. It's not, you know, if I don't think, here's my thing, and, and people would probably, you know, light me up for this. And if you want to, by the way, you can find me on Twitter at Mike A underscore Jr. Or you could just search Mike Allen Jr. And the dude with the picture who's got the uh, the Reds hat on behind the, the WLW microphone. But, yeah, I mean, it's just I remember waking up that morning and, like, I, I was – I always watch the news as I'm getting dressed for work. And I just – I was like, wait a second. Like, this is complete BS. Like, that doesn't happen. That's crazy. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it was just preposterous. Uh, let's talk to Mike in Norwood. Hey, Mike, what's going on, man? You're on the big one. What's going on? Hey, not hey, a man. whole lot, brother. You, there, if you couldn't ask for perfect, I mean, what was going on at the time, what he yeah. said, what happened to him. He checked storm. all the boxes on that, man. It's like, you know, he said that if he got away with it, I can imagine like a couple years down the road, if, you know, he probably lucky they, they caught him when they did. Right. If the story got out later on, he would have he'd have been an Academy Award winner. He probably gave the Nobel Peace Prize to him. They gave that out like a cracker jack box. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, all the stuff that would have happened to him that positive would probably if they would have found out two years later somebody one of them guys yeah, who's with Wood would said something, it would have been worse. Right, right. I totally agree with you, and right. that's, I agree with everything you said, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. And that's the thing that blows me hey. away, Mike, is that it. What if they would have just grabbed some guy off the street and put him on trial for this? He would have actually yeah, sat but, there and let some innocent person but, rot. By the time it got to be an hour or two later, you would have known everything about his history, his school, who he right. went to school. Oh with. yeah, and none of the facts would have mattered. Can I say something else, man, Mike? Uh, Right. About just the economy right now. I mean, I, I've worked. I've worked the same two jobs the last four years. Yeah. And um, the last six eight months, I've just been finding out I'm, I'm losing about two hundred twenty five, two hundred fifty dollars a month somewhere. Right. Of my money, I don't. I'm not, I don't make a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, this economy, what just it, for an average person like me, it's costing me. I mean, I'm not making ends meet as like I used to. Right. Used to, I'd have a little two hundred fifty. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. You know, a little bit of money after every month. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have that number. Right. 
Right. No, and I'm, I'm having trouble making ends meet and working two jobs. Right. And this is, and that's Mike, that's a really good point, buddy. Thanks for the call. Yeah. And that's the thing is we're talking about the theme of today's show is unserious people doing unserious things. And we all get to have a laugh at them. And, and that was a really good point he made is there's some really serious stuff going on right now. You know, I mean, I, I, I try to distract people and, and, you know, give, give us some stuff to laugh at, some stuff to think about, distract you from, from, Possible World War Three, the the rising inflation, the insane gas prices, um, it, it it shines a light on. We were so focused, like Lloyd Austin was so worried about you know white supremacy in in the military when Afghanistan was falling apart and and Russia was amassing all of these troops surrounding U- Ukraine. Um, he's talking about gas prices. He's talking about you know not being able to make ends meet. Um, all of these things are going on, and it just doesn't seem like a lot of our leaders uh, are taking them seriously. We're going to talk to Jason Williams later today about Cincinnati City Council had that uh, Greg Landsman and a, one of the newer ones, I can't remember her name, uh, put forth some proposed legislation to basically ban you know soda with Happy Meals while gun violence in Cincinnati is getting out of control. And I, I know about what I'm talking about there because I'm in the courthouse every single day. Um that stuff doesn't really matter right now. You know, the, the Green New Deal doesn't matter right now because gas prices are $8 a gallon. Um, and Linda, give me a second. I just want to make this point. You know, it, you go to the gas pump, right? You know, you, you, pumps are back-to-back. You can be filling your gas tank up. You can see the guy next to you, you know, filling up. And I've I've been so tempted to just say, hey, is this $100 gas tank worth Ukraine, you know? Uh, and it's it's a very I, st- I, I I struggled with that last time I was on filling in for my dad Saturday is is this America first stuff or democracy in the world you know I mean obviously I think we all can agree American boys and, and girls should not be going over there to die for something like this but you know we we could open up the Keystone pipeline because anybody who knows anything about this stuff knows that oil runs on futures. Um, futures will be affected by just just starting construction on it again. Anybody who tells you otherwise is ignorant or or just not telling you the truth. But I digress. Let's talk to Linda in Springboro. Hey, Linda, you're on the big one. What's going on? First of all, glad you're feeling better. Hey, thank you. Um, I, I hope I sound a little better. <laughs> you do. You thank do. you. Thank so, you. Um, two things that I wanted to point out is you were talking about, you know, what we thought about the whole what's going on with the media and that. And I think one thing is, is that more and more for actually for years, I've been at least the last few years, people are being tried and either found innocent or guilty by the media before they even go to trial. Before even all the evidence is released. The police don't even have all the evidence. So how can the media? And the other thing is, is I also see evidence though in this country that, um, whether through the media or reporting in the newspaper, things that show up either in the newspaper or online or whatever, that we seem to be forgetting that we are a country where we are innocent until we're proven guilty. Absolutely. And so, um, and so, but then, but the media seems to, you know, in the couple instances you mentioned, they seem to decide that somebody's guilty before they're proven guilty. And, um, and so, and, um, and it, it ruins the reputations of, of people. Um, so, um, as by the one young man in Washington, D.C., right. I mean, he will still always, yes, he's won some lawsuits, but will he always want that attention the rest no. of his life? You know? No. <laughs> so, um, 
Could, should the other person, when he was found not guilty through trials by public media, right. now I hear he, I read reports he's being denied entrance to certain universities. Yeah, you're talking about Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, sir. So, um, yeah, and so the, um, the other thing I want to say, I've thought a lot about what's going on in Ukraine. And the one thing that I, that, and Putin and all that kind of thing right. is, and even with prices of things, is that I think that corporately, um, also um, business-wise, also um, with, con- with leaders of the world's countries, that a big problem right now is greed. I am oh, yeah. definitely a capitalist. I am definitely right. a capitalist. But I remember watching a show on um, PBS many years ago, and doggone it, I could wish I remember what it was called. But there were a couple of men who were um, being interviewed, and they were um, they were in England, and they were talking about some thing, some some industries, an industry that had gone down. Right. And um, and what their point was is that they had this like theory of like just enough, like yes, we want to make money, we want to have a profit, um, and you know we need to keep our business running and we deserve to be paid too right and we take risks so we should be rewarded but they were kind of emphasizing but at some point you need to like stop lining your pockets so much that you don't end up hurting communities and of course in england they had public they had very famous pottery companies that went under right um because then china could start making all the dishes and different things you can't go and buy a toaster or a coffee maker or something in the, that's made in the U.S. these right. days. And so I, I do think I'm definitely for capitalism, 100%. Right. But I do think we all need to think about, and the world, so I, honest gosh, I'm not this religious, but I pray every night and ask God, please help to people to stop being so um, greedy. And, you know, and maybe that goes into some of the media stuff, too. They're so greedy to get big audiences and make yep. money that they talk forever about things that they don't know anything. And they know about. if they're first to the draw on a lot of these these things, like, like you just said, you know, if they know that they're first to the draw saying Kyle Rittenhouse was guilty, mm-hmm. if they know if they're first to the draw to say that Jussie Smollett is, is telling the truth, that these headlines mm-hmm. will get, get them more money. That's it, a perfect connection, Linda. Yep. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to... Hey, tell you what I think. <laughs> anytime, don't be a stranger, Linda. That's Linda up in Springboro. She, man, that was a very, that was a really, really good call. We had two good calls back to back, and and uh, I want to try and, and build off some of that. She was talking about being convicted by the media for uh, you know w- without the presumption of innocence, um, and they, she was absolutely right. She said they decide before, uh, you know. Any evidence is out before police can have any evidence before anybody knows what the hell's going on. They've already decided what happened. It's okay to make mistakes, right? And mistakes happening constantly, eh, that's not okay. What's completely unacceptable, and this is this is what has bothered me, you know, beyond just them floating their own narratives, is what's completely unacceptable is when you are wrong and you find out you're wrong, you don't correct the record and you allow somebody's life to be destroyed. I mean, let's let's just be honest here. They didn't they, they don't care. They, they didn't care about the truth of what happened with Nick Sandman. They didn't care. It was that image, this 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 entitled um, in, entitled rich white boy staring down this Vietnam veteran, um, um, you know, Native American guy beating a drum. 
just that image itself, eh, he looked a little menacing. Played the entire video. This guy's literally harassing, like, 13-year-old kids. You know what I mean? It's all about theater. It's all about narrative. And that's that's just, it's what his, it's what got us here. It, it's It blows me away, like, the Democratic Party and the media and a lot of and even, you know, a lot of Republicans, it's they'll do these extremely divisive things. They'll say these very divisive things. And then like on the other side of their mouth, go like, guys, we got to stop being divisive. Dude, stop slandering a freaking 14 year old kid. How about that? Like, how about that? You know, you, you, we thought that the Nick Sandman example was bad, like. And I hate that I have to say this, but like, ugh. Kyle Rittenhouse had no business being there. He had no business being there. He had no business being there. But I can tell you as, as, a, as a criminal defense attorney, I don't care about any of that stuff. I just care about what happened. I just care about what happened. And if I'm a reporter, I, you should care more about what happened rather than what led up to what happened. And it's the not correcting the record. It's the not admitting fault. You know, that was such a good call because it's it's like it's swept up so much of what we've been talking about. Do you think that do you think that 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 Robin Roberts, instead of being noticeably missing from Good Morning America, inexplicably missing from Good Morning America the day after the sentence, what if she just came on TV and said, guys, I was wrong. He lied to everybody. He lied to the whole country. We've all been had. You know, what I wouldn't be angry. I don't think anybody would be angry. If 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 CNN or or some of the people that that hype this Russian narrative because here's the thing is I'm just going to be honest and anybody who knows me knows this. I'm um my skepticism of of federal law enforcement whether it be the FBI, the CIA, any of them is a lot stronger than how I feel about Donald Trump. The reason, a lot of the reason I defended Donald Trump was some of his policies I totally agreed with and the fact that the FBI and all of these other agencies just went full force at him. What do I do for a living, folks? I'm a criminal defense attorney. No matter what, it, like, when I see somebody who I believe is being completely falsely accused, who's getting, you know, no due process whatsoever, who's, who's in my view, you know, being set up, and that was, we're kind of past that argument at this point. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Everybody knows it. it's, it's the people involved in setting up Donald Trump with the Russia thing have admitted it. It's the fact that, that Jake Tapper, that, that, that the Washington Post, that Jim Acosta, that the New York Times, you know, the whole lot of them, the whole, all of them cannot just come together and say, you know what? We were wrong. We were wrong. You know, let's let's give back these Pulitzer Prizes we won for writing, you know, complete and abject BS about the Russia, you know, collusion thing. Would there's a difference between saying, "Man, these guys jumped the gun a lot," and "Man, these guys are totally in the tank for one side of the aisle," which is worse to you? I mean, I think it's obvious, but it it is frustrating. I'll tell you that much. Anyway. Coming up here after the 7 o'clock news, we're going to be talking to Politics Extra columnist Jason Williams. Man, uh, he's he's been hitting the nail on the head with a lot of, not even so much political stuff, but like cultural stuff. Um, I've been finding myself busting open that 
that that politics extra page that I subscribe to and and just not going like, oh, that was a pretty good article, reading something and going like, I agree with everything he just said, whether it was about the hand me a trophy stuff with the Bengals celebration for the Super Bowl. Um, and up until now, this this insanity with trying to tell kids that, you know, tell parents we know better than you do for what your kids should be eating. And here's the thing, too, is we're so fired up about childhood obesity. And when I read this, I thought to myself, Mikey, what, what did you eat when you were a kid? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Little Mikey, what happened? And this is what happened. I would play four sports four days a week, five days a week. When I wasn't playing sports, I would go outside, run around with my friends, play. We had, you know, we played so much baseball in my backyard that we had the uh, the baselines beat into the grass. My dad just gave up on it, and he actually embraced it. He started putting down baselines for us, but I digress. You can give a kid a pop when that's their life, man. Like, I'd get done with a football game, and he'd take me to Price Hill Chili. I'd scarf down, like, a you know, a three-way and then a double-decker on top of it, or he'd take me to J&J's or, or, or Sebastian's for a Euro, and I'd get two of them. Like, kids can do that, and it's not your, your place to do it. And by the way, violent crime in Cincinnati is getting a little bit out of control, folks. And by the way, the last city council we had was basically a criminal cartel. It goes right into the theme, folks. We're talking about unserious people doing unserious things. Unserious politicians putting forth unserious garbage when we have serious problems we need to fix. Anyway, coming up, we'll have Jason Williams. After that, we're going to take some calls. 749-7000-1800, the big one. I'm Mike Allen Jr. on News Radio 700 WLW. You have ED or PE, and those little blue pills haven't worked. Here's a message from Proactive Men's Medical Center. I'm Dr. Simovitz. If I aggro see Radio 700 WLW, Mike Allen Jr., Sunday night. Got me till about 8.30, Willie at 9. We are, the whole theme of the show today is is unserious people doing unserious things while a lot of serious things are going on. Um, we were talking about the Jussie Smollett <clears throat> sentence, um, the hilarious courtroom outburst. If anybody's wondering, I am not suicidal. That's probably the only thing that Jussie Smollett and I have, excuse me, Jussie Smollett have and I have in common. Um, up next on the uh, unserious people doing unserious things train is this ridiculous soda ban that was proposed by Councilman Greg Landsman um, and some others on city council. Uh, coming up after that, we're going to talk about the uh, Del High skirt game. And just to to give you a little teaser, I have figured out the answer to this. I, I figured out how we save the Del High skirt game and how everybody goes home happy and the people who aren't happy, well, you're just not going to make them happy. But before then, we're going to be talking to Saturday host, politics extra columnist, with the Cincinnati Enquirer, Jason Williams. Jason, what's going on, man? Mike, how we doing? Uh, um, uh, I'm... I'm 
I'm, uh, I think this is a great show. You're, you're hitting on a lot of great topics, and I'm glad you uh, referred to him as Juicy Smoulier. <laughs> we got to get it right. As a nod to Dave Chappelle. Just got to say this. My, uh, Before Dave Chappelle, I was saying that. Ask my wife. Every time somebody mispronounces a French name, I have to say, like when people say, um, well, what's the one in Indiana, the name of the town in Indiana? Versailles, no, it's Versailles. Like, get it right, man. Come on. Okay, sorry. Okay, this is going to derail. we got to get back on track. All right, I'm going to do like I did last time. I'm going to read some of my favorite parts because the jest and sarcasm um, <laughs> is just hilarious to me. So this is the one, the uh, uh, Kids Menu Soda Band Nanny State Nonsense comes to Cincinnati. So hold on real quick. Sound the alarm. Parents from Mount Washington to Mount Airy are losing sleep at night over Sprite being on the kitty menu. Dr. Pepper may as well be Dr. Death. And the other one quotes, sadly, no, no doctor has a remedy for virtue signaling and out-of-whack priorities. Um, have they considered the remedy maybe more cowbell, do you think? Because uh, when, uh, when in doubt, more cowbell. When in doubt, more cowbell. You know, of... of, of for many years of covering politics in this town, uh, you know, there's just those handful of times you're just kind of like uh, when it just the column writes itself <laughs> and the story writes itself. And uh, this was one where, I, you know, I kind of just uh, I, I saw Sherry Coolidge, my colleague, the Inquirer, broke the story on uh, whatever that was. I think it was late Monday night. Right. right. We here and I, her and I had talked about it and I just sort of, you know, took my time, processed it. And then, I mean, by the time I decided I was going to write, which is about midday on Tuesday, yeah. I mean, it took it didn't take long to get it done. You <laughs> know, um, I'll tell you, Mike, you, you talk about things that are unserious, and uh, you certainly you, you classify this one under what what are the priorities? And yeah. you know, in this case, we we see this at all levels of government. And uh, we, we certainly see it in the city of Cincinnati at Cincinnati City Hall. And with the new term, you know, we've saw so much, you know, corruption and in some cases still alleged corruption. Uh, we saw so much of the scandal of the, of, the, of the text messaging thing. We saw just so many Twitter spats and yeah. people yelling at each other from the day as in that last term. And you think, all right, new term, new yeah. mayor, new council. I mean, we're only almost all new folks. Yeah. And new day, new city manager, and you're thinking, okay, all right, clean slate. And here we are just a little over 60 days in, and we're talking about this. Yeah. We're talking about banning soda from kids' menus. Now, let me be clear about that, too, Mike, as we talk about kind of things that let you leave you scratching your head. It's technically not banning soda for kids <laughs> in restaurants. It's just banning it from the kids' menu. So if mom or dad... <sighs> or grandma or grandpa want to order little junior a soda, they can still do that. It's just not going to be listed on the kid's menu. So, let me, so if you still want to, if, yeah, go ahead. No, let me get this straight. So not only is the problem in, like non-existent, the solution is also totally non-existent to the non-existent. Correct. Like, so the, the problem is fake, but then also the solution is not the solution, which is also fake. Correct. That right. And <laughs> yes, and, and, and to be fair, uh, after the backlash, after my column, after Eddie and Rocky and, and Willie and uh, others talked about, on, you know, on WLW and on social media and the backlash. And I'll tell you, I, I saw backlash not just from Republicans, but also from Democrats right. uh, on this. 
uh, Greg Landsman, the, the city councilman who was kind of leading the, the sponsorship or leading the way on this, decided on Thursday that he was going to rescind uh, putting this thing forward, and it's now it's dead. Yeah. And so for listeners out there, that you can still get or you moving forward. There's nothing that's happened here. Right. Um, but because of all the backlash, because of, you know, accountability from the media, uh, you know, I, I give them credit for it. You know, yeah. it's on one hand, you criticize them for trying to push forward with this. But on the other hand, he deserves some credit right. for, you know, listening to the public and saying, okay, you know what, not a good idea. Let's pull back here. Yeah. Because we see politicians so many times uh, double down on stupid ideas. And uh, this was just one of those ideas where you're like, this really doesn't do all this was is virtue signaling. All this doesn't do anything. This doesn't, you know, I wrote in the column that I, I thought it was insulting to, you know, it really wasn't targeted at, you know, informed consumers. It's right. more targeted, at least, at least reading into it. It seems like, you know, more at low income residents right. and like, okay, it comes off like, Oh, you can't make decisions for yourself. Yeah. So we'll make them for your family. And it's just like, come on. Yeah. People and, can decide whether they want a soda for their kid or not. Yeah. And, and you know what? And again, and, and it's just the funny thing, Mike, is that I'm, as I mentioned it there, is that it's, it, it's, it's not even banning soda for right, kids. Right. It's like, it's like you could still go to McDonald's, even if this thing had gone through and on the, I think actually McDonald's is not a good example because I don't think they offer the soda on the right. happy meals anyway, but you can still order that. So I want to go there and my kid's not, I have a son who's nine years old and a five-year-old son. And sometimes they want Sprite. Uh, you know, I don't see it on the kid's menu, but I can still order a Sprite for those guys. And it's like, and, that, and that's okay. And that would have been okay under this, had this gone <laughs> forward. And it's just like, really guys, really? Yeah. You, you've got, the city just did a terrible job a month ago. Oh uh, my God. The street yeah. After that ice storm. I mean, it was one of the worst jobs the city's done in yeah. years. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was like you know, on a Thursday or something like that. I got to work on a Monday going into the courthouse, and downtown streets yep. weren't even touched. It was like four Still days bad. later. Yep. But if you drove out in the suburbs, you drove on the ODOT highways, everything else was clear except right. for the city streets. Right. right. And so you look at that. You look at examples like that. I'll tell you what, Liz Keating, councilwoman who, who is sincere and is serious, yeah. uh, is, is really, really putting together, and I think you're going to see some more of this here soon, it's putting together a really good plan to try to tackle litter is a real problem. And not, oh I'm not my talking God, about some, yes. Not, we're not just talking about somebody chucking a you no. know a, a, a you know Coke bottle out their window. People people will dump entire oh, couches, couches, or entire beds, entire or bags of garbage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so she's working on addressing that. And and you know, hey, those are the things that you want right. that you want your local government really focused on. Yeah, and. You know, if if there's and again, we all know politics and we get it. But if if 60 days in, if you are starting to really be sincere and address some of those things, then you want to introduce a soda ban at some point. I think right. I think people might say, okay, yeah, still pretty silly, but golly, all the just, other stuff done. Address, yeah, you just address a lot of these other important things. It's like, and by the way, you're you're already you're a year in this, so yeah. yeah, people expect you to do some political stuff. Yeah. Okay. Right, but right. not sixty days in when you haven't addressed those other really important things, and you know it's just it's frustrating. But on the flip side, hey, to be clear, it's not moving forward. Greg, Greg Landsman listened to the public; he listened to the feedback, right? And he said, "Hey, we're not going to go forward with this." So. And you gave him, and you gave him credit, and that's another reason why I read you all the time: is is you you'll you'll write the story and you won't abandon it 
you will update it. And in this yeah. case, he did the right thing. But let me let me ask you this, and I know it's why I like reading your columns so much, is you'll put out the political reality or, or the dichotomy, whatever it is that you're talking about, but then it, it, it feels yeah. like you try to go a little bit deeper as to why why things are happening, why people are doing this. And I know that you, you probably don't have the answer because if you did, you you'd, you'd probably wouldn't be talking to me right now. But what is it? <laughs> that makes a lot of politicians think that the people put them in office that want things like this because it feels like stuff like this flies, you know, it's it's huge on Twitter. People get behind it and it's these really loud minority of people that want these kind of things. But like the kitchen table stuff like you're talking about, like getting to work without crashing into the car in front of you because the streets yeah. haven't been touched, not driving up Lehman Avenue to my uncle's house in Price Hill and just seeing garbage absolutely everywhere not seeing constant you know shootings and homicides and since like what is it that yep. that makes them because those are the things that win and lose elections like what is it do you think that makes them put this much effort into this much silly garbage well you know it, it's a great question and i thought a lot it's interesting you asked that because i think more so in my time covering politics i thought about that very question yeah. this week at the Y. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who, 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 who is sitting around thinking right. about these things? Who, who is the focus nobody, group saying like, this and, and, you, and, you, and you talk about it. You look, you look at it. You look, you look at this thing right here, this thing, this, this city, uh, this uh, kitty soda menu thing. Right. You look at the Delhi skirt game, which I know you're going to talk about here right. in a little bit. Right. You, you look at, uh, I mean, I've been thinking, and I try to look at this from all angles, too. I, I'm thinking back to the Mason abortion, uh, yeah. Mason City abortion thing. ban back in November. All, all, all these cases, and you can keep going down the line, and uh, is it, like, who, who is, like, regular everyday citizens aren't like saying, gosh, dog, get rid of the skirt game. Right. Oh, oh we got a ban. We got a ban abortion at, at, in the city of Mason. When it's like, wait a minute. No, city, the city of Mason has nothing to do with that issue. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what side of the stand. That, that's all handled at the state and federal government, right. every part, and the judiciary. The local government has no control over that. Then you look at this. It's like, wait a minute. No one's, we just had, we just had a campaign last year in the city. No one said a word about banning soda from kids' menus. Right. So, like, who is, who, like, I think, I know my family, I know my friends, I know people I talk to, I talk to diverse groups of people, Democrats, Republicans, black and white, and Nobody men cares. and women, and I, I, no, I don't hear anybody talking about these right. things. Right. So where does this come from? And the only thing, the only, I mean, the, the, I think the short answer of it, Mike, is, is lobbies. It's just, yeah. It's, it's, it's strong lobby. Yep. And yep. it's a strong special interest group. In the case of the soda ban for the kids, yeah. uh, that was the American Heart Association. And it's just like what? Yeah. Like what? You not have, you not have other things to focus on because, like, and then and then here's here's the kicker, Mike. Sherry Coolidge, my colleague at the Inquirer, says, "Okay, you you guys are you guys are pushing for this." The American Heart. She asks 
okay, show me stats of where <laughs> this being on kids' menus. And I, I'm, this is just fact. This is yeah, fact. no, I'm laughing at the absurdity of it. And, and she's doing her job, and yeah. she's not editorial commenting on it, right. but I am. Right. That's my job as a columnist. Right. And, and and so she's she's asking the question of like, okay, so where are the stats then on what what you know, on on like, hey, if if you ban this from a kids menu, does that help reduce right. childhood obesity by X percent? Nobody could. No, uh, Mike, I'm not kidding you. Nobody, no one could come up with it. She she got no answers on that. And it's like, okay, so then what what, what is it then? What exactly? Right. What are we doing? Right, and that's that's what blows me away too. Is is you talk about somebody like Sherry Coolidge, like somebody who's like, was was the authority on the on the Larry Householder thing. Like her Twitter was just refreshed constantly when it came to that with me. Like she's, you guys are yep. used to breaking and analyzing like these very serious yep. issues. Like I wonder how it felt to her to be like, I'm contacting the American hardest. Like this is the late, like the hard hitting stuff that has been land like put in my lap today. It's just, it's insulting. <laughs> It, it is insulting is a great word for it. It, it, it absurds another word, and uh, it's and, and and Mike, hey, you know, if, if listeners want to go do some googling, they'll find this has actually happened. Yeah, oh yeah, in a lot over. of other cities across America, in, including yeah. here in Ohio. Uh, uh, I believe Cleveland has done yeah. it, and I, I don't I don't want to misspeak. There's one other big city in Ohio that I believe has done. I know Cleveland is one, and right. I don't know if it was Columbus or Toledo, uh, but. Yeah, folks want to Google that, and and then they'll they'll find that oh, this is happening in a lot of other big cities yeah. across the country. Yeah, and yet they can't come up with any stats to show okay, by doing this, you're reducing childhood obesity <laughs> oh my by goodness. X percent. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Well, uh, you mentioned this before, and I guess I if I wasn't going to ask you about political implications, it'd be a waste of having you. But you know, it, yeah. Like you said, Greg Landsman, he's a serious politician. He's a serious guy. Um, you know, I, 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 I tend to think that he's a, he's a competent, you know, councilman. This actually surprised me a lot, but he's also it running, for, he's running for the house coming up against Steve Shabbat, who it's, I mean, it, it seems like it's damn near impossible to force him out. You know, he seems impossible to beat. I mean, I guess I already know the answer yeah. to this. Did he just hand him just campaign fodder to beat him over the head with for the next X amount of months? Yeah, well, that was also one of my first thoughts right. too. When I saw that, I, when I saw when I read Sherry's story, and it was Greg Landsman, I was like, "What?" Because yeah. you know, I cover politics. So you think about what the political ramifications are, and it's like, and that was what my column on Cincinnati.com this weekend was about. It was like, you know, hey, this this has been pulled off the table. It's not going for anything, but from a political standpoint, the damage may have been done already right. because it, we, the reporting's out there. The it, it's out there, and it's known that Greg Landsman. Uh, was going to sponsor this, and to, to Steve Shabbat, who's a veteran, and you know I, I've been critical of, of Shabbat on some things, but on on from when you look at it from a pure political uh, strategy standpoint, there aren't too many people who are better in America right. uh, at, at running a campaign and exploiting uh, his his his, his uh, opponent's weaknesses, right. and uh, you know and defining his opponent through those ideas or policies. And, and distinctly showing voters, this is how this person is, and this is how I am. Uh, no one is. I, I don't think there's anybody better at it than Steve Shaft. Right. And people can people can argue that point, but that's not a partisan point. That's just a fact. Like Steve Shabbat takes things like this 
and he wins elections. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that, that's a fact. Yeah, it's 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 just it seems just like a complete faux pas. But Jason, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I I saw Sherry report it, and I thought, yep, I'm yeah. talking about this. And then there you came out and went, yep, <laughs> sending a text. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate. Hey, thank it. you, Michael. I'll have you on too sometime, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, get together. And I always appreciate uh, you having me on, and I Absolutely. keep doing uh, the great work that you're doing. Hey, thanks a thanks, lot, Mike. man. Appreciate it, Jason Williams. Everybody. Um, yeah, check him out Saturday nights, folks. He's that's what I like about him is it's not just here's the facts, it's here's the facts and here's what they mean. This is why they're happening, all that kind of stuff. But coming up, more unserious people doing unserious things. Uh, we're gonna get to the bottom of this Dell High skirt game thing. If if uh, look, let me just back up here. Full disclosure, I'm biased. I'm I'm like half Delhesian. Um, I'm from Sailor Park, which is right down the way from Del High, but. Um, I was thinking about this. My first memories as a human are at Delhi Park, eating a Happy Meal with my granddad. That's maybe my first memory ever is is sitting under that under that picnic thing eating a Happy Meal. But my roots in Delhi are deep. Um, my family's actually buried in the Pioneer Cemetery behind Mount St. Joe. Yeah, my uncle used to joke Allens and Mayhews have been in Delhi since the British ran this bee. But safe to say I know a little bit about Delhi. Uh, a bunch of men... Dressed like celebrity women or female superheroes or female cartoon characters. Well, they get drunk, then they play softball. And then they use the money uh, for the people that want to watch that three-ring circus, known as the Delhi Skirt Game. Well, all that money goes to charity. Um, you know, with all of that in 2022, what could go wrong, right? <sighs> this, this, is the de- this goes under the definition of unprovoked controversies. You know, ones that just fell out of the sky. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But I do have a solution. I, I think that, that there's a way that everybody can win here. But coming up at 8 o'clock, we're going to be talking to Patrick Reagan. But until then, I want to hear from you, whether it's about this Josie Smollett stuff, the Delhi skirt game, um, the proposed soda ban that's now not a proposed soda ban, 749-7000, the big one. You got me till 830, folks, Willie at 9. I am Mike Allen, Jr., on News Radio 700 WLW. Americans don't trust 700 WLW. We are talking about unserious people doing unserious things. Jussie Smollett, the uh, soda ban, and coming up in this segment, the um, Delhi skirt game. Um, it's just a complete circus. I know a little bit about Delhi, and this is just crazy. Um, let's Let's... Wait a minute. Here, Chip just walked in. What you got? So I want to talk about something that's comical about our buddy Juicy. Juicy. Juicy Juice. Yeah. So two things. First of all, if you watch the video, his tone, his decibel level, how he goes, I am not suicidal. I am not, not suicidal. I am not suicidal. Like, <laughs> Everything's fine. What a psycho. What yeah. a nut job. Right. I mean, that. And, and number two, he goes, your Honor, <laughs> this was the funniest. Your Honor, I respect your decision, but I did not do this. Who did this? A ghost? Like a, your, your twin? Your twin? Your long lost twin of another of, of another family? Dude, I mean, what an idiot! He's del- he's delusional, and, Mike. He's delusional. Yeah. And now he's got to share a cell with his attacker. With his attack- and look at the mirror as his attacker. Yeah, <laughs> every morning he has exactly. to look in the face yeah. of his own attacker. I had to say that. Hey, I'm like, God. thank you for saying it. No problem. These are people like. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's going off the rails, folks. <laughs> um, 
Also, Tom Brady is coming back for his 800th season, folks. So there's that. That just broke. Anyway, back to the very important things like the Delhi Skirt game. Um, you may be wondering what the hell happened, and I'm still wondering what the hell happened. Um, apparently, some, and I'm going to go back and forth between this article. Um, Keeneland Bentley of the Cincinnati Enquirer did it, and he did a dang good job. Um, give some background of the skirt game. We all know it if you're from the West Side, but I guess I'll do it anyway. Uh, it started in 1978. It was a beer league softball game where the loser dressed up in women's clothes to raise money for a young kid who was hurt in a bike accident. Uh, that first game raised 2500 bucks, And in 1978, with Jimmy Carter, especially as president, that was a fair amount of money. Uh, the games continued for 40 more years. I went all the time when I was a kid. Um, but basically now it's like a theme thing. Like each year they'll either dress up like famous celebrities or cartoon characters or like Disney princesses, stuff like that. Um, and the guys in charge of the game say it's raised more than a million uh, for charity since 1992. Um, and you may wonder, how did this whole thing start? Well, uh, township officials released a statement Tuesday expressing concern about the game's theme. That's all over Twitter. And you know what? I'll actually put it up. You know, I sh should have done it before the show, but I'll put it up on mine here in a second if you want to have a look at it. It's uh, my Twitter's at Mike A underscore JR. Uh, you could just search Mike Allen Jr. But anyway... This is a quote from officials. I'm not sure who officials are. Quote, what had long been considered a fun component of the evening has been igniting discussion from residents and even sponsors or event sponsors and other supporters for years for being offensive and insensitive, officials say. Well, who's the official? Anyway, during tense public meeting Wednesday, township trustees attempted to assure residents that they aren't trying to force a change. Uh, and this is the quote that kind of got me a little bit. Uh, from Mike Davis, who's a trustee, quote, we've been bombarded with emails from everybody and we're just laying it out so the skirt game committee can play it out. We're not against you. And if guys want to wear the skirts, rock on, do what you got to do. We're not going to be stopping that. And again, that's Delhi Township trustee Mike Davis. So here's uh, we'll pause and time out right there. Um, someone should ask if those emails are from residents of Delhi because I doubt it. Just, just who, who are those emails from? That, that's what I'd like to know. Uh, Sherry DeMoss, who's on the Skirt Games Committee Board of Directors, said the intent of the game has never been to offend anyone. I kind of agree. Though she acknowledged the Skirt Game will likely have to be modified or it will go away. Uh, residents who spoke in support of the game during Wednesday's meeting maintained a defensive posture. Kelly Conley, chairman of the Skirt Game, told trustees no one asked for their suggestions, a statement that was met with applause. Um, and a lot of other people basically said, hey, if you don't like the game's theme, don't go. Just like if you don't like what I got to say, change the station. I don't know why that's got to be a problem nowadays. Some residents in attendance push back on the notion that the game mocks trans people. Quote, this is not what this is all about. Unquote, said Carl Eidler, who dresses up as Lady Gaga for the games. Um, and, and then there's a section of this piece that, that I think is kind of the most important is <laughs> what specific complaints have been made? And um, I want to make sure I get this guy's name right. Uh, Delhi Township Administrator Jack Cameron said this isn't the first time in his five-year tenure with the township that changing the theme of the skirt, skirt game has been brought up. Um, he said the issue isn't about any one complaint. 
Okay, well, then that tells me that maybe there's not been any complaints or complaints from people in Delhi. I, I don't know. I feel like the story's incomplete. Not this story, but I feel like they're not telling the entire story. Quote, elected people get made comments to all the time, unquote. Cameron said of complaints made about the game's theme, adding, quote, it's an ongoing conversation, unquote. Okay, cool. With who? With who? who who's complaining? That's what I want to know. I'm not saying you're, you're wrong. I'm not saying that uh, I'm not choosing a side here. I'm just asking who are the people complaining? Uh, Cameron also couldn't speak to a loss of any sponsorship for the event, Money Talks. That should tell you something. Uh, quote, one person spoke against the event at the Wednesday Wednesday meeting saying the members of the LGBTQ community should be invited to participate and benefit from this event. And I think that is the solution. So hear me out a little bit here, all right? I know the people in Delhi, right? Uh, I grew up in Delhi. I don't think that there's a whole lot of truth to a lot of people in Delhi complaining about this. But I also don't think that there's many transphobic or homophobic people in Delhi. Why? Because I hang out there. I'm from there. I have plenty of gay friends who grew up in Delhi. And, of course, growing up gay anywhere has to be extremely hard. But I don't know if it was any harder in Delhi. You know, I guess what I'm saying is the people at Delhi are good folks. They're hardworking, blue-collar folks. They, they, they're accepting people. How do I know? Because I grew up in Delhi. You know, they're not rich. They're not upper class. They're just regular blue-collar people. But just because you don't hang a, a pride flag on your door or you don't have the right bumper sticker on your car, it doesn't mean you're homophobic or transphobic. Maybe it just means you think we're all the same in the eyes of God like I do. I mean, why why do you... Why do we have to do this kind of stuff to show that we're not terrible people? Like I said at the beginning of the show, this ritualistic suicide of, like, canceling yourself before anybody can cancel you. And this is what I envision, and then I want to hear from you, 749-7000-1800, the big one, Nick, Nick, Dick, Mike. Say that real quick. We'll get to you guys in a second. But here, here's my vision, and I want to know what you think about it. I heard Sloney talk about it this week. When he was talking about the drag shows, which, by the way, are funner than you know what. Everyone's super nice. Everyone's inclusive. And most importantly, everyone is three sheets to the wind hammered at these things. But how about the Delhi officials politely? And when I say politely, I mean politely because everybody in Delhi is very polite. Just butt out. And, and maybe this is the way I see it. Let the organizers of the skirt game get together with, with the LGBTQ community and say, hey, you guys are always welcome, but here's an actual public invitation. You know, let's do this thing together. Come have some fun. Come come see, you know, that Delhi's an accepting place. I mean, I, I feel like I'm laughing saying that, like I have to say that, but it is. I think it's pathetic. I have to defend Delhi now, but here we are. But... Go, have fun. See how welcoming and nice the people are. Go eat a burger, drink a hootie. Have a laugh at how ridiculous this whole thing is because that's the reason people are there, to have a laugh at how ridiculous every, everything is there. You know? Yeah, come see the good that the, that the event does for the community. And maybe, you know, we were talking about drag shows before, maybe help these poor men out with their costumes because I've been to some amazing drag shows and I've also been to the skirt game. You fellas could use some work. But I mean that, like imagine, and it's not crazy, I feel like the John Lennon song needs to be playing right now, but like imagine LGBTQ individuals helping these guys get into their costumes, get their makeup on, what a cool thing that would be. 
And of course, like there's always going to be somebody to look for some sort of social slash, you know, politically correct infraction. Those people just don't have lives. I mean, but they're always going to be around. But to what that kid said, or that guy said at at the meeting, I agree with it. Like, imagine how cool this would be. This whole debacle could be turned upside down and and bring, you know, two communities together to show that the the PC infraction folks, that they were all wrong and that nobody hates each other. Everybody can get along and raise some money for charity. I don't know. That might be asking too much, folks. That might be asking too too much, folks. Let's let's take some calls here. Man, Nick's been waiting a long time. I I love Covedale and I don't want to make him make him wait. Hey, Nick in Covedale, you're on the big one, brother. What's going on? Coming up on Overlook. Um, the uh, the thing I was talking about when when I called in, talked to Chip, is when you were bringing up Jesse Smollett. Yeah, yeah. Go in ahead. terms of why why do they do this and why do the reporters do it? It's the same as almost even in the radio industry. You guys turn around, you can you can hype something one way or another right. and make it out of it. Yeah. Okay. I went. I told him I was up at late night TV. They'll have these commercials for Ukrainian Jewish ladies that are starving for food and they beg for money. Right. I started seeing the same commercial with different names hanging on it as far as who the organization was. Right. So I go to CharityWatch.com and I look for the what what that organization theoretically was there was no listing whatsoever <laughs> there was a listing for i mean not on any of their names right. they had three or four different names yeah. so i was like okay then it was obviously crooked but somebody's buying these ads and yeah. they're getting some money somehow well black lives matter happened to be inside the alphabet about where one of these names was so i i hit it hit it just for fun yeah and they don't have anything filed as far as being able to review because they never filed that's yeah. why California has taken away their status, yeah. but it doesn't matter. They made money, own the houses, and have the titles, and they just split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it pays. Yeah, Nick, and it's a good point, too. You could make the same argument about the re- the reporters that covered Jussie Smollett and, and Nick Sandman and the whole nine is that they come in. It doesn't, none of the truth of the matter, you know, none of it matters. It's get the money, get the clicks, get the headlines, and get the hell out, you know? Kyle and Sandman in particular, there's a little bit of a difference there. Smollett has a big name on himself, so he can't right. necessarily sue him for argument and defamation. Right. But uh, the man across the river, oh, yeah. he's had it made. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how the people that are representing those networks are not filed or held to a certain civil liability inside of their networks yeah. for their salaries. Yeah, you're talking about the, the I mean, individual reporters? Yeah. yeah, I agree. And Robin, Robin on the on the TV and everything. Like how she was Roberts. magically not on TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't that cute? Uh, and she's well. The second thing though is if she's turning around doing this and CBS, or, uh, is she on CBS? I can't remember. Uh, ABC, I think. Whatever. Good Morning America is. Okay. I think it's ABC. Well, if she's on there. Wouldn't they have a contract that says that if you intentionally cause us to lose some serious Nick, coin, you're on the hook for a piece of it? Yeah, and Nick, I got to be honest with you. I don't. It probably wasn't her choice to be absent those two days. I, I think that ABC <laughs> probably went, "Hey, we should." You're sick. You you've you have an elevated temperature. You have a negative or a positive COVID test. You're out. You know what I mean? But 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 no. There's an attorney somewhere that's going to go after it <laughs> if there's coin of, if there's coin available. Yeah. I mean, if, if Cunningham can make money off of it and doing it in a bit, he's going to make money off of it for the radio station for Cheap Channel. Yeah, yeah, so I totally agree. It, it, that that part's normal. But what I don't understand is Cunningham's smart enough. He's not going to do something that's going to hurt Cheap Channel. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Whereas this woman was obviously stupid enough. And if I were writing a contract for her and she's so wealthy on her contract, I'd ding her just like you turn around and you hurt somebody that gets too many penalties or gets gets too much. Or or you get extra touchdowns. Okay, we'll enhance your pay. Right. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, Nick, that's a really good call. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening, buddy. Yeah, no, there's but that's the he's talking about incentivizing, you know. There is no incentive to tell the truth. <laughs> you know, it feels weird saying that out loud, but there is no incentive to tell the truth. The incentive, like we talked to to Jason Williams about this, the incentive is not to to um, deliver for your constituents. It's to get Twitter clicks. It's to appease the lobby. It's to appease, you know, the American Heart Association or the ADA or, or, or whoever the hell it is that week. You know, Um it's it's not about, you know, it it would be so cool to see journalists, and I'm sure Jason would agree with this, you know, I, Votto gets X amount of money for a home run, um, you know, uh, uh, these incentives in football contracts where if, you know, Joe Mixon busts a thousand yards, there's an incentive, like, for every non-retraction you have to print, you know, um, for every every story that you get absolutely right, you get an incentive. But that's not the way this works anymore. It's not. It, it's about how quickly can we get to the story? Um, how can we sensationalize it? And and further, and the most important part of this is how do we use it to affect the narrative? How do we use it to further a narrative? Um, you know, and, and I... I got to be honest with you guys. When I was sick, I really wanted to dig into this this Florida, what they're calling the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Um, I don't know a whole a whole lot about it except for what I've read on opposing sides. But it it seems to me that you know nobody, whether they're gay or straight or whatever, wants somebody talking to their five year old about whether six year old whether or not they like boys or girls. You know, like I think if you took an average American and said, "Hey," You know, uh, do you want your your kid's first grade teacher talking to them about whether or not they're attracted to boys or girls? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, I want you to teach the kid his letters and how to read and his numbers and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't I don't care about any of that. But but that's the problem is, is that we saw it that week. We're talking about political theater is that that's reasonable. I think if you ask anybody, Republican or Democrat, like, hey, do you want me to talk to your kid about, you know, who they like sexually? At six, you know, I'd be like, dude, get the hell away from my kid. Like, I'm going to hit you. Like, we're, we're going to have a problem or I'm going to call the police. Like, that's not insane. But then you see the theater, you know, you can get on YouTube of these of, of some of these far left um, um, lawmakers in Florida because they're calling it the don't say gay bill, like parading up and down the hallway screaming gay. What does that do for gay people? Nothing like absolutely nothing. Like what? How does that advance your narrative? It doesn't like how, how does that how does that make anything better for gay people, for straight people, for anybody involved in the situation? It does absolutely nothing. And people are going to get mad about this. But like, 
I caught all kinds of crap. The, the, to this day, it was way before I was on, on, on the radio. It was when people were going through that silliness of dumping cold water on their heads and, and posting it on Facebook. And, and before that, I think it started with putting, um, um, you know, the, the, the um, whatever ribbon your cause is to stand up against bullies against the back of your car, on the back of your car. How about just punch the bully? Like we, it's just all it, and it. I mean it. I think it all slowly, slowly built to this. It started with putting stupid bumper stickers on your car and acting like you're helping a cause. Um, and and here we are now, to walking up and down the hallway of the Florida legislature, just screaming the word "gay," you know, or banning banning pop for kids. You know, rather than making sure that CPS is functioning, rather than making making sure that the the buses are getting kids to school and that they're not getting shot at on the way to school and and, and all of it. Like, why? How did we get so far away from everything that matters, guys? Like, I just to the point where we're messing with like softball games and soda. I just, man. It's like clown world. It really is. And I wanted to, it, he made a point, too, about these these outfits that are trying to help the Ukrainians. Um, I had a really, really, really great guest Saturday uh, when I was filling in for my dad. You could pull up the podcast. Um, a Ukrainian immigrant who was talking about, you know, some of the, um, the, the problems with some of these organizations on who to give to to help. Um, that some of them are just abject scams that you don't know where the money's going to. Um, stuff like that. You got to be careful with that. Everybody's got, you know, there's there's charlatans everywhere. Whether they're ju- juicy Smollett or or the people trying to profit on on thousands and or excuse me millions of people being displaced from their homes and a tyrant um, waging war on a completely innocent country. I mean, I got to be honest, guys. Like I started this whole thing as like, hey, let's have a laugh tonight. Like there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on that's not very funny, and now it's like, man, okay, the laughs are now depressing. <laughs> I can't. Like, for the life of me, I can't just come on and have, like, a, a positive show. But, hey, everybody, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's coming back, so I guess there's something good. It's going to get to the point where I, mean, I saw some guy on Twitter put this out. I just retweeted it. Check it out if you want. <laughs> it's the scene in Billy Madison where Billy Madison pulls up to his high school for the first time, and he's got the REO Speedwagon shirt on. And he's got, you know what I mean? And he's got like the, uh, was it like, is that a uh, firebird pulling up? Like, that's going to be Tom Brady pulling up the training camp. Like, oh, we need new things, folks. We, we need new things. Um, coming up, guys, we're going to be talking to Patrick Reagan, uh, our own personal political analyst, attorney at DBL, my my very good friend, friend of the show, and just a guy who knows local politics. Uh, we're going to be talking to him about everything from um uh, Mike DeWine and Jim Jim Renacci, uh, Joe Blystone, that whole catfight for uh, the Republican endorsement for governor or the uh, Republican primary for governor. We got the uh, the primary for the Senate and just more and more and more of the redistricting circus that just it just will not end. It just will not end. Anyway, folks, I'm Mike Allen, Jr. Sunday night on News Radio 700 WLW. At BMW, we made the ultimate range of SAVs. And because each of the seven X-Range SAVs flawlessly balanced dynamic power, spacious size, and sleek design. Hey, 
Hey, we're back. News Radio 700 WLW. Mike Allen Jr. Sunday night. Got me till 8.30. Willie at 9. We have been talking all night about unserious people doing unserious things in very serious times. We um, opened the show talking about Jocelyn Smollett. Um, <laughs> uh, and just the continuing three-ring circus that has become, you know, I guess it's finally over. Uh, he at least let us all know that he's not suicidal. Uh, I'm letting you all know that I am not suicidal, uh, just in case anybody was wondering. Um, we uh, we talked to Jason Williams about this this insanity with, with um, council proposing, uh, Greg Landsman proposing to ban, not ban, some end-around ban that isn't really a ban uh, of soda for children, um, getting them off the kids' menus, totally unserious nonsense. Then we started talking about the skirt game, um, about how everybody could win if the Delhi skirt game found a way to reach out to the LGBTQ community, try and do this thing together. Everybody have some hot dogs, watch some softball, drink a couple of beers. We could all be okay with that. I, I think everybody wins in that situation. But somebody who is serious, unlike me, uh, is our next guest. Uh, he is, what did I describe him as? Our personal political analyst. Um, he's an attorney at DBL, a very good friend of mine, Patrick Reagan, I think live from CVG at this point. Patrick, thank you for coming on. Did you make it to Cincinnati? Just got on the tarmac and actually found out that Tom Brady is not retiring after all. So it looks like he played the hokey pokey with that one. <laughs> it's just, I mean, what is it? It's been like a week or something. I don't know. I just, I, it feels like people just want to make a dramatic entrance, and I'm okay with that, I guess. Kind of reminds me of the Ohio Supreme Court with the redistricting drama. <laughs> That's a segue, my man. God, what are you doing on the phone and not me doing sitting here? You need to just come do this. Okay, let's get into it. Um, I'm so sick of talking about this, but it's so freaking important. So how about this? I'm just going to let you talk about it. Redistricting madness continues. Where do we stand right now? And this is going to start affecting political campaigns very quickly if it hasn't already. Do you agree? It will. So, you know, when Rush Limbaugh was on the, on the air, he would always say this is day number X of America being held hostage during the <laughs> Clinton presidency. And, you know, it's sort of reminding me of that. I think this is day 61 or 62 of these Ohio maps being held hostage. So where we are is the Ohio Redistricting Commission just adopted a couple weeks ago a new state House and Senate map proposal. Objections have been filed to that and the court has not ruled on those yet. The same thing has also happened with the new congressional map. Right. The main objections come down to how they redrew the first district which still includes all of the city of Cincinnati, but now all of Warren County. So right. really, it's a competitive district. The other district where the objections lie is the 9th District, which starts up in Lucas County, where Toledo is, and kind of snakes along Lake Erie, which right. that is also a competitive district, while they were billed, however, as Democratic districts. So the court has not ruled on that new map yet either. So again, we are still in limbo on day 62 of the uh, maps being held up. I mean, you've got to stop and think for a second that there's potential candidates, the parties, you know, Democrats, Republicans thinking to themselves, OK, if this map isn't going to look this way, I want to run this person. If this map is going to look this way, I run want to run. I can't I can't fathom. I mean, am I crazy to think that this is 
this is really holding back a lot of political candidates who want to just get this show on the road and start? Oh, it, it absolutely is. People are making decisions based on, you know, what might happen, what could potentially happen, but they really can't make. Right. It, it's not entirely clear what will happen because with the uncertainty with these maps, these districts could slip all back and forth and not to mention people may not live in their district yeah. if they are an incumbent. So then they might have to pass a fix in the legislature to allow people to establish residency because under Ohio law, you must live physically in the district for one year prior to being elected. Right. So, so I guess what you're saying is there's some people that don't even know where they're going to run or if they're going to run and whether or not they need to move. Is that sound right? Right. Wow. I'm sure there are plenty of Democrats waiting for a map that gives them two or three extra congressional seats. Yeah. I'm sure there are Republicans in areas that they, they don't know if they're going to be able to run for state house or Senate because they don't know what the district looks like. Yeah, this is this is really I mean, it's it's fun to laugh at sort of the back and forth of this and how it's just like not getting solved. But this is going to have some serious. Go ahead. Go ahead. And not to mention the National Party committees have to be looking at this and shaking their heads as well because they buy advertising months in advance. They plan out um, operations to aid these campaigns months in advance. And if they don't have certainty as to what the map looks like. How can you write an ad right. that tailors to a district that you don't know what it looks like? Yeah, and if you don't know what a district looks like for, for donors, how do you write a check? You know what I mean? How, how do you know who to back and what? That's Yeah, this is going to start. You're gonna, I got a feeling that you're going to see this actually affect the election, but we'll, we'll move on. The, the governor primary, I, I saw an article this week in the Cincinnati Enquirer about, about um, Governor DeWine saying that he's not going to debate Jim Renacci. Jim Renacci had a quote in there, and I, I don't want to mess it up, so I'm, I'm going to paraphrase Basically, this is a Mike DeWine and Jim Renacci race. Um, I, I think some polls I saw that I, Mr. Blystone was actually ahead of Jim Renacci. What do you make of that? And, and I guess separate and apart from that, do you think it's a good idea for Mike DeWine to not debate Jim Renacci? I don't think the governor has to debate uh, uh, former Congressman Renacci. Yeah. The polling that just came out has the governor at 50% this close to the primary with two opponents that are splitting the voters that they'll take. There's no reason for the governor to debate him. At this point, the governor is on track for a successful renomination and likely a successful general election in the fall because the Democrats have no clue whom they will run. Recent polling shows that uh, most Democratic primary voters are not fully aware of who Nan Whaley and John Cranley are. So that primary is still a wild card as well. And given the rest of the slate for the Democrats, which instead of a being a who's who, it's more of a who's that, <laughs> I think the governor's in a very strong position to win the nomination again, sweep this fall, and barring what happens with the Senate primary, it will be another clean sweep for the Republicans. So uh, I guess, do you do you not see it as, as somewhat, I mean, I, we'll back this up a little bit. I remember looking at the poll and thinking, okay, if Blystone or Renacci pulls out, that's dang near close. You know what I mean? That might be getting them close to the margin of error. Do you think that that'll end up happening, that one will just say uncle and then, you know, go to their supporters and say, hey, this isn't about me, whether I'm Jim Renacci or Joe Blystone. This is about getting this guy out of of the governor's mansion and, and putting an actual, a different Republican in. Do you see that happening or do you think there's any likelihood of that? Well, it, it is 2022, so anything could happen. But right. at this point, I've not read or heard of any indicators that Renacian Blystone might come to a gentleman's agreement or right. do a merger. 
similar to what Twin and Houston did in 2018. I just I have not seen that yet, and I don't I don't think that there is any confidence in that happening. Renacy and Blystone seem to be pretty different candidates yeah, that have. have different universes of operatives and support. So I don't see them consolidating their votes like what could potentially happen, <sighs> which is why the governor being at 50 percent, Renacy and Blystone splitting the change. There's no reason for the governor to debate Renacy because he's already winning. Yeah. So it's sort of like what Sun Tzu wrote in Art of War. When your enemy is fighting itself, right. let them keep doing that, go on ahead and win. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, and and it's boy, he could give him a run if if one of them would just drop out. But all right, let's we'll go to the the Senate primary, and I guarantee you, I'm going to forget somebody because it's like everybody and their brother is running for uh, for the Senate primary. Um, so we get Josh Mandel, Mike Gibbons, Jane Timken. Is it safe to say that Jer that JD Vance is is probably out of this thing? You know, I think it's hard to predict what J.D. Vance will do on a daily basis, but <laughs> I think he started with quite a bit of promise, yeah. but made some missteps in messaging yeah. and appealing to a very niche online inside yeah. baseball crowd. Right. And his message seemed more like what you would see out of a focus group on one of the coasts than yeah. the issues yeah. that people in Ohio are talking about. I mean, here's just, I think, an example of how tone deaf his campaign has been. If you go to his website right now, there's a screen that pops up that says, why should we why should we focus on securing Ukraine's border when we need to focus on securing America's border? Now, take the border discussion out of that. Right. There are a, there's a significant population of Ukrainian Americans in northeast Ohio. Yep. And notice his opponents went to events to, with, with Ukrainian Americans and at those institutions to show support for Ukraine. So... J.D. Vance has been plagued by being out of touch and listening too much to out-of-state consultants, I think, instead of people that are based in the state. See, I got to and I got to I got to talk about that for a second. That that I have never been more. I don't want disappointed doesn't feel right, but just man like you. He had it all like he. He he had that rags to riches story, and I remember the first time I read Hillbilly Elegy, I went, "Oh my God!" Like this guy gets it. He gets it. He gets it. Finally, like somebody from the holler, like from where my family's from, gets it. And it was like, man, like all of the promise, and then it just—I don't understand it. I it felt like the things that were very important to him that got him the success with Hillbilly Elegy. He just sort of walked away from and, and it's like so many people were endeared by this book and, and you don't use some of that magic to run your campaign. I just I can't understand it. Well, I think people I think part of the tone deafness of his campaign is it's all negative. There's very little yeah, positive. You're right. It's a very gloom and doom campaign. And after two years of being uh, confined and masked and jabbed and all poked and picked at right. Americans are worn out and campaigns that have a little more of an optimistic message. Yeah. Notice what Matt Dolan and even Jane Timken and some of the other candidates are using. Um, they're not as gloom and doom as JD. And I think gloom and doom has worn itself out with people, at least for the time being, yeah. instead of sounding like Obama from the holler, yes. JD sounds more like Peter Thiel's puppet. <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, hold on. We got to back up a the whole who's who, or was it who's who, and it's who's that? I'm, can yeah. I borrow that? Yeah, I have not trademarked it yet, <laughs> nor do I intend to. So 
have on, have on with it. Okay, I'm using it. All right, here's the, the other one. The, Jason Williams was talking about it, Landsman and, and, um, and Steve Shabbat. That's, that's going to be the, the big race. Shabbat using that the soda nonsense to sort of beat it over the head of Greg Landsman to say, hey, this is unserious nonsense. I'm serious. But before we even get to that point, I guess there's a challenger I read in the Enquirer uh, to Steve Shabbat for that, that Republican primary. Uh, I think her name is, let me make sure I got this right, Jen Giroux. Um, what do you make of that? And, and you know, if, if you listen to Jason, I'm sure you're on a plane, but he's basically said he thinks Steve Shabbat is just not beatable and not beatable by in a primary and maybe not beatable by Greg Landsman. What do, what do you think? So in the primary, there is absolutely no chance you will beat Steve Shabbat. His name idea is sky high. And yeah. also, um, Ms. Giroux and her husband, they run a shop in uh, Madeira, the, the, the Catholic store, I believe it's called. Right. So, and Steve's power base and most of his votes lie on the west side. Hey, I mean, he is beloved on the west side. Yeah. So in terms of the massive votes that Shabbat has and his sky-high name ID since he's – I mean, he has been in Congress since 1994. Right. There is no chance that um, she will beat him in the primary. And it doesn't even seem – um, like it is a terribly uh, strong campaign that she intends to mount. It seems more like a moment of conscience yeah. that she's just w- wanting to send a message instead of running a really uh, fierce campaign. And in the general, again, this is going to come down to what the district looks like. As yep. it is, it's a 50.5-ish percent district and almost 50 percent Republican, so it is evenly split, similar to the United States Senate. And the poll, the, the electorate is so polarized right. that Republicans don't necessarily hear what Democrats think, and Democrats don't necessarily hear what Republicans think. So if Landsman turns out plenty of Democratic votes, he could win. If Shabbat turns out plenty of Republican votes, he could win. The, with the district as it's currently written, this close, yeah. it's really a game of who can turn out more of their voters. But the moment that this district is turned into an all Hamilton County district, yeah. then Shabbat's in trouble because President Biden won the county by 16 points. Hillary Clinton won it by 11. Barack Obama won it by about five. Yeah. So it's a blue county, and whoever has his or her name on the blue piece of paper that Democratic volunteers pass out at the polls yep. automatically comes in with an advantage. So. If it is drawn to be a Hamilton County only district, Shabbat wins. And as it as the district is, Shabbat versus Landsman is a very competitive race. Yeah. And I would not, uh, if I'm Shabbat, I don't underestimate Greg Landsman oh, no. because he has unified the Democrats behind him in a very fast way. Yeah, it, that, you're right. It, it was dang quick to say the least. So uh, you mentioned this before, and, and this we'll do this as the last one, Patrick, but. Americans are tired. Um, you said, you know, with the masks coming off and, you know, we have all of the chaos in Ukraine, inflation and the oil prices. How do you, you know, I think before the Ukraine crisis that the, that the Democrats were really cruising for a, a butt kicking. Do you think that this has gotten worse? And do you think that this whole blaming Vladimir Putin for problems that, that were pretty bad before, but that are just worse now? Do you think that that's going to work, or do you think it's too little too late? So I think the Ukraine situation is completely volatile. We hardly know what's going to happen from minute to minute. Right. Now, let's play this out. 
situation one, Ukraine, we are able to beat back Putin. Either there's civil unrest in Russia that removes him or the oligarchs tell him it's time to We're go. Yeah. Um, we will have then done that without putting any troops on the ground. Right. And then Joe Biden has a major foreign policy victory. That would be similar to what Margaret Thatcher did yeah. with the Falkland Islands, because when she came in in 79, Things were not great in Britain, especially right. uh, with the economy, and people hated her. And right. then she won the Falklands War, and the tide turned for her, and she got to remain in power for 11 years. Right. Now, let's say then it's situation B, which could also happen, of Ukraine turns into a stalemate, inflation creeps up, and things don't get any better, in which case the Democrats get completely wiped out, not just House, but also Senate. And yeah. here's another curveball to throw into this. I just found polling today. Hispanics, a majority of Hispanics are now intending to vote Republican yeah. for House. Wow. So Hispanics are now going more toward the Republicans at this point. Right. And if that trend continues, states like Georgia, which is actually one of the most diverse states in the country, Florida, Texas, yeah. Arizona, that were getting purple, if not getting bluer, in large part due to non-white voters, if Hispanics go into the Republican oh Party, boy. then the electorate has again been changed, not in kind of the extreme shift change we saw in 2016 when white working class voters finally came into the Republican Party. Right. But it would make it significantly more de difficult for Democrats to win in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's it's going to be fun to watch. And, and hopefully, hopefully when this thing gets closer, man, we could get you in the studio and do a whole dang show on this. But. Patrick Reagan, thank you so much, man. Every time you come on, we come out a little bit more educated on stuff that's very confusing, so I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Glad to talk. Hey, absolutely. Glad you got out of the air got off the airplane without being assaulted, and it sounds like you're making your way out of the airport. So <laughs> take it easy, buddy. Coming home. See you. <laughs> See you, bro. Bye. Patrick Reagan, everybody. Um, attorney at DBL, our personal political analyst, um, and dear friend of mine and dear friend of the show. Um, he takes these very, very complicated issues and makes them a little bit more digestible. Um, good show, everybody. God, it's so great to be back. I was, I was struggling last week. Hopefully, um, hopefully that's it for me on, on getting sick this year. But coming up at 9 o'clock, you guys are going to have Willie for his national show. Um, good to talk at you all yet again. I'll be uh, back next week to, to wrap with you and hopefully give you some laughs. I'm Mike Allen, Jr., Sunday night, News Radio 700, WLW. One call, that's all. Serve all. 513-771-5584. At BMW, we made the ultimate range of SAVs. And because each of the seven X-Range SAVs flawlessly balanced dynamic... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.